This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Worlds. Of course, I'm Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazney Lambray, joined as always by my partner, fresh out of Beverly Hills, now on the west side, my man, Nando Vila. What's going on, bro? Dude, you know, this is LA, dude. You got to be taking meetings all the time, you know? That's like, it's it. all about, you got to do meetings, development meetings, uh, general <laughs> meetings, shit like that. You know? We love it. We love it. Uh, on today's show, obviously, was a very huge election night last night. We're taping this on a Wednesday afternoon. The Dems, I mean, there's no way to put it. They got crushed. They got destroyed. <laughs> um, they got cucked. Uh, but, you know, we do want to talk about what happened in Buffalo because I think it's instructive of just generally where the party is overall and how and when they circle the wagons and who their real allies are. Uh, out in Buffalo in that race. Uh, but first, we do want to talk about the Virginia gubernatorial race, Nando, because uh, <laughs> this was embarrassing. This yeah. was embarrassing. Virginia has traditionally been a purple state. Nobody is still pretty purple, but the Dems statewide yeah. um, nationally have kind of been dominating over there in um, the governorship. Um, both of the senators are Democrats. They're kind of they've kind of been dominating in Virginia, except for last night and you know there's a myriad of reasons why one might point to as to why the dems got destroyed in virginia and i don't want to sound like i'm happy like you know it sucks for the people of virginia that they have to live under republican rule over there right like selfishly as somebody who lives in california i don't really care <laughs> like he's not selling any he's not setting any agenda for me where i live for me and mines or even my family in new york but, you know, it sucks that they have to live under Republican rule. But I think the lesson to be learned out here is that they, they just never learn the right lessons. Uh, Ryan Grimm sort of wrote something. He did sort of. He wrote in The Intercept about the strategy that they took in concert with bumbling idiots like the Lincoln Project, where the strategy was essentially Donald Trump. These people cannot quit Donald Trump. They, like, they yeah. can't quit the dude. And so the strategy was to try to you know, tie Donald Trump in some broad concept of racism to the Republican <laughs> candidate. Meanwhile, like he's a corporatist scumbag, you know, that you could easily just 
kill him on the merits. Instead, what they did was, uh, you know, do this anti-Trump resistance, never Trump bullshit, which culminated in them doing a false flag tiki torch <laughs> operation at one of this dude's campaign rallies. Uh, what's the what's the Republican guy's name, Nando? I'm sorry, I can't even pretend to know this fucking empty Youngkin. name. Glenn Youngkin, Youngkin. <laughs> former CEO of the Carlisle Group, fucking is like vulture, fucking financial predator. Uh, you know, like you know, again, like it's just so weird. Uh, we've talked about the 2012 Obama campaign before on this show because I think it was one of the most well-run campaigns in recent yeah. Democratic Party memory in that it was like a ruthlessly class war campaign mm -hmm. like obama did not talk about any cultural issues he's just like mitt romney's a fucking private equity uh he'll fire financial you. he'll he hates fire you ass. and the people like you who have regular jobs he's a country yeah. club scumbag <laughs> yeah and he was right about it i mean it had the benefit of being like true uh which helps uh and uh and he won he won that race pretty handily um glenn youngkin is basically mitt romney 2.0 right. he was the ceo of the carlisle group mitt romney was the ceo of bain capital same shit, right. you know um and instead they went all in on race that this guy mm -hmm. was like a racist they did this like literal false flag event and the thing is it rebound like i mean the, the false flag event i i it, it, it was like it's it's the most incredibly stupid like who thinks who thinks this is effective is what i don't understand and you know i think i think the stuff i think they conflate some of this stuff like the, the like the the way that biden was able to rally the troops in the suburbs is that trump seemed unhinged not that yeah. he was racist. It's like he seemed disorganized. He seemed like yeah. he wasn't a good CEO. He was a bad right. boss. That's what they didn't like about it. It's not that he was racist. Nobody cares about racism, bro. Like, if anything, like, again, you know, shouts to my man Jay Kang and, um, yeah. and his new book, uh, The Loneliest Americans, where he's talking about, like, yo, why do we assume that these – it, all these people who were lumping other Asian Americans are automatically liberal. Like they're not, they're pretty conservative. Like I know they don't fit under the white group, but like, bro, these are the dudes that did a rally for the Asian cops, right? To kill that black dude. Right. Like this idea that you're just going to go and race race, like that people give a fuck about anti-blackness or any of this. They don't care. I'm not saying that it's right that they do. I'm saying if you're trying to win a race, go with the issues that people actually care about right and like donald trump didn't discuss those people in the philadelphia suburbs because he's anti-black he just was on he just didn't know what he was doing they don't respect corporate incompetence they don't respect institutional incompetence so yeah donald trump was they were repulsed by him and you know conversely like yeah uncle joe looks like a guy who knows how to run a company right and that's fine but this idea that like joe biden didn't bother with that anti-race shit he was just like oh you know the cops are great and blah 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 instead these these people really think that like most people's fifis get you know sort of ruffled because people are anti-black or anti-mexican like it's a fuck about that shit nando yeah
So the Democratic Party nominee was a guy named Terry McAuliffe, who was governor of Virginia, like mm -hmm. in the past. Um, another retread, very inspired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he then became a Democratic Party fundraiser, one of the party's top fundraisers. OK, which basically means he was a fucking sleazeball, a disgusting, That's corrupt it you know, sleazeball. And he, he oozes that from every pore. But then the other funny little element is that Glenn Youngkin, the Republican nominee, was the CEO of the Carlisle Group, like I said, this fucking giant mm -hmm. fucking financial uh, institution. The easy, uh, the obvious attack line would be not that this guy's racist, but that this like the Mitt Romney attack line that Ob Obama did. But the problem was that Terry McAuliffe couldn't use that attack line. Because he's Terry one McAuliffe of them too. He was invest. He was an investor in the right. <laughs> <laughs> And by the you know? way, when you're a fundraiser, um, when you're a fundraiser at that level of the party apparatus, these are the exact people who you fundraise from, right? Like, which yeah. is why, like, Nancy Pelosi can never come out and actually like talk shit about the business interests. It's not just that she's a 300 millionaire. Like when she was doing her job, those were her friends. That's who she fundraised yeah. amongst. Like when you become a lead fundraiser amongst the party establishment, they're not getting these $30, $50 donations that I sent Bernie or Jamal Bowman. They're going for the big bucks. They're going yeah. for corporate donations, right? They're courting the, the funding of corporate big money interests and entities that's why it's like i mean i'm not gonna run a campaign dissing my own friends duh yeah and the, the, you know was you know what the biggest issues in these campaign like in the campaigns were it was like critical the critical race theory thing in schools <laughs> you know like which was obviously like a bait um for for mcauliffe like youngkin was talking about like you know oh the critical race theory in school like they're teaching critical race theory in schools and it was a bait like you know you you have to have some discipline you can't like take that very obvious bait but like terry mcauliffe ended up uh, taking it um and you know being like a complete idiot about his response to it uh like his closing his closing speech was talking about like defending tony morrison's uh book beloved which i guess some people like it's just like insane shit that like no one gives a shit about um but like at, on a deeper level what what i think what this is really about i mean and why this spells kind of disaster for the democrats mm -hmm. moving forward is that obviously the democrats haven't done anything really meaningful nothing. uh since they took power and they're not going uh, like, to. literally nothing and they're not going to so that's one thing the other thing is that there's still covid and that the, the sort of liberal democratic response towards COVID has been very different from Republican responses towards COVID, um, especially recently. And regardless of whether you agree with this or not, the liberal response towards COVID has been like heavy handed, you know, like impositions, you know, mm -hmm. mask mandates, mm -hmm. uh, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, whereas the Republican response has been like, yo, this we just, you know, like this is just like we just got to live with it you know, now. Um, and uh, I don't know like where. You know, like I, the COVID stuff, like is confusing to me often, and like it, it seems to change all the time. But like, I get the feeling that people are just fucking tired of it, yeah. and that people are That's ready obvious. to move on. Yeah, it's obvious. People are ready to move on. That we should probably look at a reality in which there is COVID is just like part of our lives, um, yeah. and we just and like if you were in charge of the Democratic Party and in charge of power, you need to like figure out a way to make life as normal as possible. You know, mm -hmm. um, and, and that just hasn't happened because one of the big 
backlashes that that they faced in this election was due to school closures mm -hmm. and parents being like nobody likes that about, nope nobody likes that um and you know i, I think it's a, it's a complicated issue under the teachers unions uh, all uh, opposed uh, school reopenings and things like that so i'm not saying that but that's that's the reality that the parents of of children were like fucking incensed that the schools are closed and that they have to like, you know, figure out how to live with their kids all day. Let, while they have let, to go to let work me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Nando. The people who uh, started against the COVID restrictions, specifically the school closings before QAnon and and, uh, you know, your hippie friends who do holistic medicine and just unhinged <laughs> Trump supporters were normal parents suburban yeah. ass professional ass people who like they have to work from home and do their kids homework and do homeschooling and do all of this shit they were like hold up now i know covid is serious but i mean come on the kids don't yeah. get sick can we send the kids can we do like they were the first people to turn against the freaking school closings and the mass mandates and the this and the that they were the number one because they were actually feeling the brunt of these decisions yeah. right like people who were used to having Three damn kids away at school for seven, eight hours a day, now having to deal with them all day, every single day. And it's like they're reading and it's like, yo, kids don't even get this shit. And if they do, it's absolutely not going to affect them in any really harmful way. Like whether they were liberal, conservative, whatever, I heard the biggest dem libs bitching about these school closures yeah. from the start, you know, yeah. and to not recognize that is just, I don't know. I, I, this, you know, and it's something we got to address on this program because we got to keep it real here. There is an air of superiority amongst libs when it comes to COVID. When it comes yeah. to who wears a mask? I masked up. I'm vaxxed yeah. up. Ooh, it's such and such isn't vaccinated. Ooh, they're this, this, and that. It's like there's a certain level of elitism and like I'm better than you and you're an idiot and you're a scumbag and you're whatever that comes. So much judgment they've done, a lot of limbs with this. But the bottom line is secretly a lot of people are saying this shit. They're saying it out loud, but everybody's like, I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's I think that's right, and I and I think that the you know some of the numbers for the fucking Democrats are just like absolutely fucking mind boggling. For example, the Republican nominee won fifty five percent of Hispanic voters, fifty five percent. The Republican nominee won fifty five percent of the overall vote, which is just crazy. Like you said, Virginia was traditionally a purple state, like a swing state, but it's it's been trending pretty blue recently. Mm -hmm. Like it was like one of those. States that like is not no longer so much in the swing state category, but uh, it, like they, the, the Republican won handily. Like this election was yeah. not close. One fifty five percent of Hispanics. What's, what's, and as we get to the Hispanic point, I do want to jump back, but also that people need to note. And again, nationally, like you, you, you don't want to compare the Virginia suburbs to the Philadelphia suburbs, right? Like the D.C. Virginia suburbs, the Northern Virginia burbs to the the burbs outside of Philadelphia, but like. These people were like so proud of the inroads that they made during the Biden um, campaign with suburban voters, specifically white suburban voters. You know who this homie, this Republican made inroads with during this yeah. Virginia statewide? White suburban voters, yeah. fam. So you can't even hang your hat on your little suburban win because as we've said numerous of times on this damn show, Nando, 
suburban voters are the most reactionary. They're actually yeah. really flip-floppy, dude. They're not the type of vote that you can court and you can count on. They're super reactionary, right? Because yeah. guess what? Like, their gripes aren't based on some, again, material issues. Their lives aren't going to change based on, you know, materially, based on whoever wins this particular um, gubernatorial race. But guess what? That school shit. Yeah, that's something that affects their lives in an outsized way because all of the other shit is taken care of. So they will vote on that one thing. That's the burbs. You know, whether it be some property tax thing or some school district thing, they will vote on that one fucking thing. Straight yeah. up. Because everything else is fine. The world is racing to get back to normal and start meeting up in person again. But after the year we've all had, getting back to feeling normal takes time. I don't know about you guys. I've been feeling overwhelmed, flustered, just avalanche, stuck under this avalanche of things I have to do and people I have to see and people I got to talk to, Zoom meetings and emails. Hell, even this ad that I'm recording right now, I forgot that I had to do it. I'm doing it from a computer that's not even mine. It's really tough to do all of this when you feel like you're trying to handle it all by yourself. Do you feel like that? If you're feeling overwhelmed by it all, guess what? You're not alone. It's important to find the support you need to face those feelings and move forward. We all talk to our friends when we're experiencing issues, but they don't always give us the advice we need. I mean, think about it. They can't really give us unbiased feedback because they're involved in many of our interactions and how we are. What you really need is advice from a licensed professional. It can be refreshing and rewarding. When you're a low point, when you're in a low point, you might feel alone. But over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health. We all need help sometimes, and asking for support when you need it is actually a sign of strength. Here's the idea. Use Talkspace. It's great. It's easy to use. It matches you with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. The app makes it easy to connect with the therapist that is licensed and on your schedule without having to wait weeks before your next appointment. You can go anywhere and take your therapist with you. Whether you're a parent, student, millennial, or just someone having a hard day, Talkspace can provide the support to help you feel better with a single message. Talkspace offers individual and couples therapy in addition to medication prescription services. Set goals with your therapist and they can help make sure you're really progressing. Talkspace therapists help you develop the tools to cope in difficult times. It works around your schedule at your convenience. Send and receive unlimited message with send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the app. Schedule live video sessions with your licensed therapist from anywhere. Whether you're experiencing depression, anxiety, or other problems, Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform to help you sort through any issue. We've got thousands of licensed therapists available for you to match with, and they're experts in dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more to help you start feeling better. Start feeling better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code BOMB. That's $100 off when you use the code BOM at Talkspace.com. The world is opening back up.
Delta variant notwithstanding. It's opening back up, guys, and there are so many new thrills on the horizon. Whether you've been in a relationship for years or you're just getting started or just excited to get back out there and meet new people, when the moment comes, trust me, you'll want to be ready. Roman ready. GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. Go there. Talk to U.S. licensed healthcare professionals now because with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Roman ready. What does it mean, you ask? Roman ready means confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. Emphasis on rise. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way, whether that be as a single person or a couple who still would rather stay indoors with each other. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward. It's convenient. It's discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a U.S. licensed healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M today. And if you're prescribed, get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. (laughs) The overall swing uh, in suburban voters to the Republicans just from the last election is just—it was crazy. I mean, it was just absolutely crazy. Um, The—I mean, suburban voters, which are the cornerstone of the Democratic Party's strategy now in recent years, used to be Um, that used to be the that the Republican Party basically exists as a suburb, or it used to be. When you think about the Romneys down to the Bushes, down to the Rockefellers, you name it. Like the party was basically like. Yeah, like suburban voters used to be the strongest core of the Republican vote, right? Uh, when you think about a Rockefeller Republican, what are we really talking about? Some well-to-do white suburbanite, right? Highly educated, probably went to some elite institutions. That was like just white educated people. That was the most solid Republicans you could find back in the days. Like, just the concept of like, you know, we're elevated intellectually, but you know, we like our money, and you know, we don't want to deal with the the nastiness of these union people, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, with Bill Clinton and the Third Way, and blah 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 blah, and we don't need to bore you with all that stuff, which I'm sure you guys already know. But they were the Dems were like, no, we need to get the suburban vote, and again. It's the most fickle vote you can find out there. Well, certainly if you care about any sort of actual, you know, progress or redistribution uh, of wealth or whatever, like, I mean, which is what it really comes down to. Like, it really comes down to, like, what's the coalition that can support a redistribution of wealth and power in the society? And I promise you, if your core of voters are suburban voters, they're not going to, you're just not going to be able to do it. (laughs) It's just impossible. It's antithetical. Uh, I mean, there's certain people on the left, like, I mean, I don't know if I would call them leftists. I mean, they're, they're definitely liberals or whatever, who've been flaunting the strategy of, like, you know, suburbanites as the new you know, harbingers of social democracy or something. And I'm like, I just find that claim so skeptical. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm just, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, 
you know, good old fashioned class politics is the only thing that will do it. I mean, you'll you'll find, you know, here and there a bunch of people that that'll be class traders or whatever. But like uh, on the whole, <laughs> people vote in favor of their material interests and suburban voters just they just don't give a shit about regular people they really don't they're just like terrified of regular people they fucking the whole point them. of moving um, to the suburbs is that you don't want to be around regular people yeah, that's the, the mucky muck that's yeah. the entire point of it you you're away from the riffraff it's like all right I, you know i know i get that the upper west side is nice but i'm tired of freaking piss on my steps from these freaking yeah. bums get me to westchester yeah. please yeah. you know like it's it's obvious what the what the answer is but you know People would say, Nando, that you you might be mis misled in your beliefs about class warfare um, and a class-based strategy because of what happened out in Buffalo, right? Mm. Uh, we talked about Walton. We've celebrated that primary win um, against Byron Brown over the summer. We were like, wow, look at that. She ran as a Democratic Socialist. She ran on real, actual, like... Actual meat and potatoes issues, and she beat this incumbent, and isn't this a great story? Yada, 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 yada. Of course, the money rallied behind Byron Brown like, you know, that you'd never seen. Uh, mind you, a guy who is corrupt. Uh, just during the summer and the fall, the FBI is investigating his homies. Like, yeah. which would have just like back in the days, raiding his offices like succession, you know? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, back in yeah. the days, that would have just disqualified a person from holding this office. But, you know, uh, it's just the, the party apparatus, the establishment of both the statewide party and the the Democrats within Buffalo itself, um, in those many different districts, they rallied the troops and got behind this guy, Dando. Yeah, I mean, it's you know what it reminded me. It reminded me a lot of um, when the Democrats coalesced to destroy Bernie um, ahead of Super Tuesday after South Carolina in the twenty twenty primary, because you know we look at politics and we understand recent political history and we can just we can just like look at trends and historical things and be like, okay, well, like you know, and that's that's how we gained it out for Bernie. It's like, oh look. You know, the, the the strongest nominee for the establishment came in fifth in I like whatever, you know, like just eight shit in Iowa and New Hampshire. Uh, that means he's out because that's what's always happened, you know. Um, and Bernie, who became first in Iowa and New Hampshire, like is in a good position to to win the primary. Well, but they just like, you know, they just kind of like do this unprecedented thing, which is they coalesce. Uh, they they convince two of the front runners to drop out and coalesce around Biden um, and then destroy Bernie. Um, with Byron Brown, we like we're like okay, like you look at Buffalo, um, it's a one party uh, city. Once mm. the Democratic nomination is decided, that's going to be the mayor. Um, but the but the Democratic Party is like no 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 no. We're just gonna we're just gonna do this unprecedented thing. It's two primaries. <laughs> yeah, and. We're going to rally all of the city's business interests. We're going to make an alliance with New York State Republicans, okay, um, to launch a write-in campaign, which never works. Like, it never works. Uh, <laughs> where, like, you have to, like, literally write out the dude's name on your right. ballot and then right. say that this is my vote. Right. Um, and they fucking crushed her. They fucking crushed mm -hmm. her. Like, it wasn't even close. Um, you know what it is? It's It's when we talk about the ruling class – this is the ruling class imposing its rule, you know, and when we look at the, Dem I mean, just think about the Democratic Party was and think about 
uh, say, for example, Bernie loses the nomination in 2016 to uh, Hillary Clinton, right? And, uh, you know, it was close. You know, he won something like, you know, 40 some states or, whatever, or sorry, 20 some states. Um, and uh, it's close. But she wins the nomination. Instead of like then him dropping out and supporting her, which is what he did. What if he ran an independent campaign? You know, can you imagine oh the fucking God. reaction from Forget about from it. yeah? About it. You well, that's what even, they did. Of course, you couldn't even imagine that. And and look, and this begs the question, right? Because some idiot got in my mentions today. Because I like the tweet saying that like the Democratic Party just hates normal working people. Like they just do. Yes. Um, and, he hears, and, and, he, and the dude hits me. He's like, oh, stop. You got to stop with this saying Dems and Republicans are exactly the same. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, they're not the same, but they both suck corporate. Like, no, dick. they're not. They're not exactly, exactly the same. The same like, they're not identical. No, they're not. They're not, but they both suck corporate dick and they're both anti-worker. Like, and because this example just begs the question. Why can't they ever rally the troops and get their friends to crush Republicans or to crush Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema no, for getting no. out of line? Because their friends are in league with them. Their friends, their freaking benefactors are in league with Kristen Sinema, are in league with Joe Manchin, are in league with the Republican Party. That's why they can never rally their base of support. They can never rally the moneyed interests who basically run the party and set the agenda, the lobbyists, the wealthy people, all of that. They can never rally their real support against anything else besides the left of the party because that support is in line with all everybody else. Yeah, they can get them to be like, all right, um, stop asking for Barry's uh, birth certificate. Whoop the yeah, fucking yeah. do. Okay, they, they they can get them to rally to say, yo, Trump, stop saying you want to grab bitches by the pussy. Whoop the fucking do. They can rally the corporate interests against that. They can rally the corporate interests and say, maybe, possibly, if you can, don't murder black people in the streets for no good reason. Maybe, possibly say gay people are human beings, right? Like, they can rally the corporate interests to, um, in, um, in in concert for those causes but when it comes to shit that affects normal working people it never fucking happens show me an example of this shit happening because guess what their interests the money the oligarchs are diametrically opposed to it right like you talk about the groups that got behind byron brown it's like a bunch of corporate interests who are getting a bunch of tax breaks they're like hell yeah we got money for you this guy raised damn near a million dollars in four months for the race of fucking buffalo okay yeah. like and again this is a candidate all kinds of corruption you know basically the the fucking literally the under an fbi investigation yeah the budget is in tatters like under his regime like you know and again he was he was an insurgent candidate in his day and then they his him and his cronies just came and replaced the corrupt regime with their own version of corruption but again when people give me feed me all the shit about oh the dems they, they're the only ones that want to do climate change. They're the only ones that want to do family. I'm like, when? Do Where? They, when, Where? When, exactly. They're in power right now. What are they exactly. doing? What are they doing? When do they get their friends? When do they rally their friends in the damn business community in the suburbs to do anything but squash the left? Show me an example of this shit. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I want to read from Bronco Marchetich's, uh write-up of, of the race in in Jacobin because it's it's just brutal. It's just brutal because India Walton, you know, remarkable woman, really. Like, I mean, we've 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 we've, we've seen videos of her on the show. Uh, you know, she she won a, a primary race against a guy who'd been there for fifteen years. Like, that's not that's no small feat. Like, that takes you know. They turned the campaign once they like realize, oh shit, we got to get serious and we got all the cash, or whatever. They turned I the campaign. Bookmark this 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 passage as well. <laughs> Dude, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? I, I can read it. Um, um, and this is from the article in the Jacobin, and it goes: Yet as soon as Brown lost the primary, all of his misdeeds he committed while actually in power over the past fifteen years took a back seat. Brown successfully turned the election debate to the petty personal mistakes of Walt. A woman who became a working mother as a teenager. This woman got pregnant at 14. A single mom at 14, bro. Before becoming a nurse, she was charged with $295 worth of food stamp fraud in 2003. This is 20 years ago. She owed 700 bucks. 300 bucks in food stamp fraud from 20 years ago. She owed 750 bucks in back taxes in 2004, another 20 years ago, she was stopped for driving with a suspended license. She visited her cousin before he went to jail. She failed to show up for a court summons sent um, that was sent to the wrong address. She wrote a rude Facebook post, and her car was towed just last month over unpaid parking tickets. Yeah. 750 in taxes. Again, this is the guy who's given millions upon tens of millions of tax breaks to corporations for nothing. Um, 300 bucks in food stamps. That's a yeah. thousand bucks. As like, a we're talking about a, mother. Yes. That's what we're talking about. A woman who got pregnant at 14, put herself through nursing school, fucking won the Democratic Party's primary for mayor in a mid-sized American city. Um, and this is basically what we could dig up against her because she yeah. didn't, you know, she, she wasn't a, a psychopath enough to want to be a politician from the age that she was 18. Yeah. It's ridiculous. No, man, it's, it's fucking bleak. I mean, I gotta say it is bleak because, um, I mean that those tactics worked, I mean, and Byron brand round, round up the score again in the suburbs, but the, the whole night, the whole night was very bleak because, you know, I don't give a fuck about Terry McAuliffe. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. So what I was saying is that the, uh, you know, the watching the results last night was were very bleak because or made me feel very bleak. I mean, I've had a pretty bleak outlook on 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 politics for a while now. But I mean, it, this just kind of reinforced everything. Um, you know, I don't give a fuck about Terry McAuliffe or, you know, the junior governor seat or whatever mm -hmm. that much. But um, it really shows it really is a microcosm of just what the trap that we're in right and that we have these two parties one of one of which is like a frothing at the mouth kind of like just insane uh, reactionary party called the republicans and then the other one is just like this awful uh corporate bought and paid for party uh, called the democrats in which there are no real openings for people like us there's no real openings for a real left in the american political system right now um and you know we talk about politics we 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 look at them we watch it but like it this this podcast like essentially is like no different from you know the succession pod i do on fridays uh, right right, <laughs> um, right we might yeah. as well be talking yeah. about a fictional yeah. happening totally. it's hard to like, imagine that any change can be affected from pointing this bullshit out 
Right. Like that. Th- th- we're just watching a TV show, essentially, you know, and we're just mm-hmm. doing the recaps uh, afterwards mm-hmm. and doing the analysis on it. But that there's no real political avenues to exercise democratic control over our system. Um, certainly not at the national level. I mean, look at this fucking the situation with the with the reconciliation bill. I mean, it's a goddamn joke at this point. So, <laughs> um, so, you know, that, I mean, and that's very again, ag- mean, again Nando. How come the president and the National Party couldn't rally their friends in the corporate sector, their friends, their moneyed friends? How come they couldn't rally them to save this bill? This is what Joe Biden, the leader of the party, wanted. How come they couldn't rally the troops against the people that were going against him, going against the party? Because we know their friends are the ones going against it. (laughs) Yeah. So, so... You know, that's that's and I I think that, you know, this isn't to turn people into nihilists because we should never do that. And that's wrong. That's cowardly. And that. But the thing is, like, you know, reading the national headlines, obsessing over them, whatever, like you. My recommendation to people is always like. Absorb the reality that it's not actual politics, you know, that we don't have any sort of political avenues to exercise control. I mean, we talked about this a little bit uh, when we were talking about like the Chappelle thing or whatever, that this is why we're doing that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But then you look at something like, you know, the wave of strikes, um, the John Deere vote, uh, John Deere workers today uh, voted to reject the deal, the contract deal that mm. their union leadership had hashed out with the with the company, um, uh, a contract that included gains. You know, this it's is how militants have become. It's not enough because they become they become very militant, you mm-hmm. know. So, and that that is the seeds of of a change, right? And even something like India Walton in Buffalo, um, in a way, she was a moonshot candidate for the position of mayor, which is very powerful. But you know, without the base, without the power base necessary, both in uh, the trade union movement. But also, like in 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 smaller offices, like you know the fucking city delegate of the whatever mm-hmm. the fuck, and the council mm-hmm. member of the of what have you, and the whatever the school board, the thing, you know, without those positions, she just doesn't. She didn't have a strong enough base to withstand, you know, the the assault from capital because the assault from capital will come every time. Like they're just that's just. What they do. (laughs) What they do. So, um, you know, what I tell people is like, you you have to kind of like absorb the reality that national politics are like just a playground in which we're not invited to. Um, And that we got to focus on these kind of local politics and not really like even the mayorship of these big cities. I mean, that's that's probably even too big. You got to focus on even smaller seats. And Mm -hmm. over time... uh, maybe possibly we'll rebuild we'll build enough of a power base to actually affect the big picture questions but that and doing whatever we can to support this you know labor militancy that's happening and that's kind of seems like to be waking up and and i think we'll probably continue because the conditions uh, of the pandemic have have so yeah. scrambled everything um so yeah dude that's uh that's just I don't know. That was that I know, was what I was thinking it, about after I watching. Know, it's like it, it feels bleak, especially in the moment. But you know, there will be some some small wins that we got to take the right lessons from going forward. But yeah, this one this one definitely hurt because I actually listened to her on Hayes last week, and it, you know, there was a feeling like, "Yo, I got this." Yeah, 
you know, yeah. um, and and they they just pulled the rug from under her with the money. Uh, and it's tough. It's truly tough. But, you know, we continue on. I, th- I just thought that it was important that we sort of show people <laughs> what blue no matter who gets you on the national. Oh, yeah. You know, like blue, no, like yeah, yeah. Let's just trust them. Lincoln Project. Oh, they're never Trump. They're our new friends. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. These are the people we want to throw our lot in with. Um, what that gets you on a national level, and then on a more localized level, you know, where the Dems actually, because this is the thing too about this blue, no matter who. And I will not get tired of saying this shit in places like Los Angeles and San Francisco and Buffalo, and even New York City, where the Democratic Party machine apparatus is fully entrenched in its power, who sees that as a fucking utopia? Like, in certain respects, it's a damn hellscape, the situation, especially in San Francisco, where the wealth dynamics of that city are just, it's disgusting. And the people who preside over it are all fucking Democrats. They're yeah, all they all say Democrats. fucking Black Lives Matter. It's yeah. it's absurd, right? And so when people yeah. are telling you these arguments about, oh no, it's just oh the, 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 the Republicans are gonna come eat us in our sleep, blah blah blah. It's like it's bullshit. Look what yeah. show me the proof of concept. Show me where the Democrats are completely dominant and ascendant, where it's just this great fucking liberal utopia. It's nonsense, man. They count out to the same fucking business interest as Mitch McConnell every single time. Every yeah. single time. I mean, but the thing is, and the thing is, the, the, the uh, liberals and Democrats have no fucking fear of the Republicans when they need to crush the left. Andrew Cuomo created uh, the, the IDC caucus, um, which were basically Republicans in sheep's clothing who ran as Democrats and then turned back into Republicans once they were in the state Senate so that he could block the left-wing insurgency amongst mm-hmm. the Democratic Party in, in the state assembly. And then in Buffalo, what we just happened, like this is again from Bronco's, uh, from Bronco's uh, uh, piece in Jacobin. Brown was also helped by a par- bipartisan political bipartisan mm-hmm. political establishment united against Walton. New York Republicans put up a united front with Brown, with right-wing party members, most of them outside of Bluff, Buffalo, making up a third of the signatures they helped collect to put him on the ballot. Okay? So... <laughs> Don't give me that fucking bullshit about vote blue no matter who. Don't fucking work with the Republicans. Yeah, when they, want to they love the Republicans. You know? Yeah. So. Again, that that's our bright and optimistic yeah. show for the day. Yeah. Of and course. Aaron Rodgers got COVID. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Got, <laughs> he, he lied about um having a vaccine, but we don't really give yeah. a fuck. He probably needed the week yeah. off anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's our show for today. Of course, go to patreon.com backslash count the dings, become a, a member. Make sure you listen to the Friday mailbag, uh, the OG bomb show, all of the stuff that count the dings has to offer. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. <laughs>